Welcome back to the JB Bodyworks podcast. Today's special guest is an incredible car photographer. He runs a website called machineswithsouls.com. Check the website out if you like car reviews, car news, and things of that nature. Today, Mike talks about some incredible stories from his past, how to be a better photographer, and how to get into the industry. And stay tuned to the end because we have an amazing giveaway that one of you lucky guys could win. So please welcome Mike D'Ambrosio. I was just told not to touch this and look, I am touching it. You are friendly with a good friend of the shop, Larry, Larry Xella from um, MONYC. Is that how you found out about us first? Yeah, I actually met you guys about a year ago uh, on New Year's Day. And um, I met Larry at the shop here and I figured anyone that is fastidious enough for him would be perfect for me because I am that level of fanatic when it comes to the, the cars and paint and all that kind of stuff. And mm. I've never found a shop that's actually put the time and attention that it takes to, to do it, you know, the way I envision it to be done. So uh, when I walked in the shop right away, I'm like, oh, these guys get it. Thanks. So. Thanks. Stop. Stop. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're a, you're a detail guy, not detail, but oriented, detail oriented. Yeah. So you, you like the particulars, but you drive a BMW, which my first introduction to BMWs was BM Trouble You. My mom had a seven series and uh, that car constantly had stuff going on with it. Um, have you had any issues with your BMWs in the past? Um, yes and no. <laughs> yes, uh, I had an N55 in my 335 that left me stranded many times. Mm. And I didn't do anything wrong to it. It's just the car. But at the same time, um, I had an E92 M3 for a long time, and I never had an issue with that car. Most of them have been fine. Um, the G80 that I have now is bulletproof. Um, I think that the modern ones certainly are much better. Anything with a, a B motor, I think you're in pretty good shape. I feel like most modern cars now are pretty solid. I, I always recommend people, and this is something that I'm really excited to have you here because one of the things that you do with your platform, Machines with Souls, is you review cars, which is a dream of mine. Um, so it's awesome that you get to live, I'm sure, a lot of people's dreams. But I always recommend people, and this is something that you might have a different opinion on, is most new cars are okay, but maybe stay away from the first of the car. So, like, I remember, um, like, the Broncos, when they first, first came out, we had a customer come in with one and had a water leak through one of the top seals. So, I always recommend people maybe hold off until some of the, the second gen or the facelift or something just because... With modern cars, do you agree? Do you feel like cars are pretty reliable? Do you feel like there are cars that you should still stay away from? Or what's your feeling about reliability in modern cars? So I will. I can tell you two points. Yes, every car they make now is, is very good. And honestly, there are no new cars. Every BMW shares the same engine, the same, same platform. So there's nothing. They're just different shapes, but they're all fitting into the same chassis. That said, I once bought a Kia Stinger that had paint drips in the factory mm -hmm. and left me stranded after two weeks of ownership. Really? And I ditched it right away. So I, I think, it, I mean, I hate to say Kia Hyundai is bad. I've still seen or heard bad things about them, but the cars themselves as, as driving cars are excellent. What's the most unreliable car you've ever had? Uh, <laughs> I had a 350Z that I had um, modded and turboed and 
that they would, you know, get down the quarter mile and that would be it. But because it was modded, yeah, so it's, okay. So yeah. that's we got to put that little caveat there. <laughs> and that's no no shame to whoever did your work. I'm sure they did fine work, but I I completely understand. One of the things that goes hand in hand with Japanese cars is the fact that they are pretty reliable. They always have been. Um, I started out with a uh, 3000 GT, which that's a bad example. <laughs> but overall, I mean, I grew up in the backseat of a Maxima and my parents had that car for 20 years. So um, to get introduced into the German or the European world, I, you know, I came in early 2010s mm. when they were really starting to get better. But, you know, certainly I, I've seen horror stories. I've driven old BMWs a lot and everyone's always saying that if you just do this or if you just do that, it'll be fine. Um, I once drove, drove an Alfa Romeo, the Quattrofoglio. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the owner was genuinely excited that he only had to replace the motor once in 36,000 miles. He was like genuinely thrilled about that. Just thing. once. Just once. So it just depends on the car. What got you into cars? Did you have a toy car when you were a kid? Did your dad have a car? What, what was the thing? Do you, do you have a memory that you can kind of trace back to what got you going with cars? I... You could blame my mom. My mom always liked new cars and, and just fancy cars. That, I'm sorry. That was very sexist of me. No, sorry. <laughs> no, no. Could have been, could have been mom. Could have yeah. been whatever. That's, um, I love moms. <laughs> Not like, keep going, please. <laughs> my, um, my dad was not a car guy. Um, my mom got me into cars, but more so, I would say, I don't know, when I was about 13, I really started to just pick up car magazines and read them. And um, I just, lo I loved everything about the pictures, and then of course, once you start to drive, um, it changes. I think it changes everything. You have the freedom to go wherever you want. Oh yeah. Uh, and the way a car makes you feel, I guess you can relate it to maybe a new pair of clothes. You know, the, you feel good when you're in them. Look but, good, feel good. Uh, yeah, yeah, look good, feel good. Uh, yeah. um, but I, just something about cars in general. The, the way that it's the only way. I mean, I'm I'm afraid to fly. I do fly, but I would never be a pilot. But the thought is exciting. Right. So here's something that I can actually drive and control a lot of people have that sentiment i like my brother for example hates flying but i would never get in the passenger seat with him because he drives like a maniac it's like dude <laughs> or or like i I, under, I think there's something about the control aspect i've driven like a maniac and in the moment you get to the passenger seat with somebody and they start driving like a maniac it's the worst so there's something about that control but um we we have this question because i think all of us have a, a poster car you know, maybe it wasn't an actual poster on your wall, but what did you have a poster car or what was that car that in your head you're like, that's the car? I had, growing up, I had a, a Countach, black Countach, which I think every kid with that 80s, you know, the Miami Vice writing. Yep. But I honestly, as cheesy as it sounds, um, I really did. I would go to the Mitsubishi dealer. I'd beg my parents to take me to pick up brochures for the Eclipse and the, the 3000 GT. I actually even cut one up when I was younger and kept it in my wallet, you know, as um uh, when I was like in middle school, just as a reminder of, you know. But yeah, that was, I don't know, something about that particular car spoke to me. And I, I just thought it was one of the most beautiful cars. So, I mean, of 100%. course, F40, things like that. Are, yeah. You know. But back then, you would never see an F40. Especially not the way you see them now. Now, with now you could go to a car show on a Sunday and you realistically expect to see an F40 or... Oh, 100%. Something like that. And now it's getting even crazier. I went to a, an event, we're close with the guys that... Classic Car Club in Manhattan. They had a Lamborghini event. And there was two gated shifter uh, Murcielagos. Like, just, hi. Like, <laughs> uh, two of them, one was wrapped and the other one was beautifully painted. But you're like, what? what's... It, the car community now, the car culture is, is getting crazy. But I will tell you that the older Lambos, they're not the best to drive. You know, that whole thing you see where the, the manual, I don't know if it's true or not, but the manual tells you put the door off and pop your head out the yes. side when you're reversing. 
I don't know if they actually recommend it, but I move cars in and out of the shop all day. I'll move f two fifty with uh, a plow in the front before I move one of those cars. It's brutal. They barely move. You're like this. Your feet are like this when you're driving, and, and they just there's no visibility. Even um, the Aston Martin, the the Vantage that I had, um, they had these carbon bucket seats, which were I mean they look beautiful, and if you're driving for twenty minutes or even an hour, you're okay. But but getting in and out, and then oh, oh my god, they're you know after a while they're, they're uncomfortable, and it's just the price of beauty. Yeah. But yeah, I Countach things like that. Like I do not want to have to plan my my drive around the car meaning like where am i taking it is it going to scrape can i park the it's it takes some of the fun out of it so that kind of is a good segue into what again we were talking about before tell me a little bit about your platform machines and souls and then i want to hear a little bit about what goes into your score the uh the soul score how do you score it um what makes something a 10 and what makes something a, a one so i started machines with souls uh about five years ago originally it was like a photography blog or platform Everyone wanted to know how I took the shots that I take. Um, but my end goal was always to review cars, and I just had to figure out a way to, to get the cars, either some, you know, ask someone to borrow them or maybe even an OEM maker would send one, which eventually is what happened. So I think that when you talk about reviewing cars from a car and driver, raw data is important, um, but it's become such a heavy marketing tool. We've all been trained now, 0 to 60 in 4 seconds versus 3.9 seconds. Well, we're all going to pick the one that does 3.9. Right. In reality, you cannot feel that one-tenth of a second. Right. Even if you are, there's so many variables. Well, a tenth is nothing, unless you're talking about an F1 car. So it's all those kinds of things, lateral G-force, um, brake distance, all that kind of stuff. W what does a car feel like from behind the wheel is really where I'm going with. Are you actually going to enjoy this car every day? Um, my manual G80 is a great car, but the shifter even though it's a manual, it's not really the best. And it's taken a lot of the joy out of the car itself. Interesting. So those are the kinds of things that I try and factor in. And also, like we were just talking about, the Aston Martin was uncomfortable. A Countach is uncomfortable. Do you want to live with that car every day? And it can be done because a car like a Corvette can be, is comfortable getting in and out. And you can fit your things in there. And it, you know, your girlfriend or your boyfriend would be happy in that car. Like You can live in it every day. So you're taking you're taking into consideration way more than just the numbers. You're looking at it and saying, "I'm the consumer. I, I want to buy a car that I'm going to actually drive." We kind of like things like understeer and oversteer are are important. And if you want to track your car, of course, you should know how your car is set up. But do you experience understeer every day on the street? You, mm. you, I hope not. Otherwise, you're in trouble. So it's those kinds of things. Like, why does a car understeer? Because maybe the steering feedback isn't as great as it could be. You know, I don't feel anything from the, the wheel. So um, maybe the brakes are squishy. Maybe they're too tight. There's a lot of things. And you, I've had a lot of people email me saying, oh, Mike, you know, I read the review and you're actually right once I drove the car. And so that's kind of a, that's a good feeling. Yeah, um, 100%. You could not talk somebody out of a car, but maybe help them make a more informed decision that, that at least that they're... I had a discussion with somebody the other day and I was thinking about this today. You used to be able to have two cars. Right, like this is not a political show, and, and this is not a commentary about what's happening in the world or our economy. But I think it's it's harder for people to have two cars now. Most people have one car. I think there's a lot of really good cars out there that you could have one solid car that does a lot. You know, like people more and more people are gravitating towards the S's, the M's, or the 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 M lines, the S lines. So I, I think it's I think that idea of a car that makes sense to drive that 
a normal person would actually the things that a normal person would actually care about. Do you have a background in driving? Do you feel more equipped to talk about some of the more nitty gritty stuff? Yeah, so I think when we talk about car, like a sports car from the 90s, let's say an original Acura NSX, mm -hmm. if you took an Acura legend from the same time period, the performance of that sedan wasn't equal to what an NSX was. Okay. Nowadays, of course, look, any modern, you know, a Blackwing, an M3, those are cars that are sometimes faster than their sports car equivalent, uh, or at least as fast and just as enjoyable to drive. Uh, as far as like what I've experienced or in my past, I've had a ton of uh, track days, HPDE events. I used to track BN92. Um, I work with the BMW Performance Center a lot. So I work with their instructors and I've taken their courses and things like that. So it's certainly enough driving chops to, to rank or, or feel what a car is going to do uh, at the limit. I'm sure you have a, an extensive list. Um, and I'm, I'm, I hate to put you on the spot, but are the, is there a car on both ends of the spectrum that stick out to you? a car that you rated very poorly, or at least a car that you rated very highly, that you're just, this is a car, a 10 or a nine. I'll, I'll preface it by saying that today there's really no bad car. Okay. But for, for me personally, maybe because I was such a Z guy, when I got the new Nissan Z for a week, um, you get in the car and right away, like, hey, that's the same e-brake handle literally from 20 years ago. Really? I swear to God, it's, it would shock me if it wasn't the same part number. Uh, the little window switches and things like that. And once you drive that car, it, it still feels, sounds the same, it feels the same. 20 years ago, it was a great car. But so much has changed in those 20 years now that it kind of fell flat on its face. It's not very fast. It doesn't really handle that well. Um, I don't know why you'd pick that over a Supra, really, if you're in the, the market for that kind of car. Um, a car that I loved, there have been a couple. I love the 718 GT4. Obviously, that's a pure car. It's not the fastest car, uh, but you can enjoy that car at the limit on a road yeah. or even on a track without, you know, if you're not uncomfortable pushing the car to the limit like a, a Corvette, uh, that's the car to do it in. Yeah, the Porsche purists are out there crying, but honestly, I mean, if you're a driving purist, you know that that car is is a fantastic driver's car. A 911 is, of course, amazing, but think of all the electronics and things that they've had to add to that car over the years to correct what is inherently a design flaw. Right. So. I mean, you, you with the with the GT4, you have a mid-engine car, lighter. It, it, it really is. It's like, so, car that we, we have today at the shop that we're trying to produce a little content around is the Carrera T, which is a car you don't see a lot. Um, and it... it I drove it around the block and it really did feel like a car that they were trying to push towards the, the people who really want to drive the car. You know, like you go into a Porsche dealership, you say, Hey, I, you know, I've worked my ass off and I have enough money to buy a 911. They'll tell you, okay, give me two years and we'll never call you, you know? But at that time, I don't know. I think they are still making the T, but the T was less expensive than other cars. And has what people would pay more money for, right? Like it's stripped down. It has the, uh, you know, I like I call them the uh, the the keychain handle to get in and out of the car. No seats in the back. Better suspension. It it you would pay the, way more money for that. So I, I I agree with you that that car is a fantastic car, and I think I would also rate that pretty highly. It's it's a great car. We were also talking a little bit about the uh, Corvette. You got it recently an opportunity to the Corvette. So I re released that review today, the Z06. Um, I had driven a regular Corvette last year, and it it's a great car. The Z06 takes it to another level 
that so I think the the real difference with the Z06 is, is the way to explain it is if you think about what BMW did with the 3.0 CSL, which is a very special model, it's seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. It's only in Europe. Mm -hmm. It's essentially an M4 with a lot of fancy trim. The Z06, what they've done is engineer a new V8. Right, it's still a small block technically, but shares no parts with any other engine that they make, and it's naturally aspirated. Um, it's got a, a DSG transmission. It's for a purist, and it's extremely fast. There, there's no excuse for that car. It really can keep up with anything. Wow. So that is a pure car that I, I mean, in starting at one hundred and five thousand dollars, I'm not sure why you'd you'd have to go to a nine eleven when you can go to that Z06 instead. What else is around that? That budget for that for that price point. I mean, there's not a GT4 is more expensive. Uh, 911, you're you're really at a base model. One twenty, um, right? One thirty. Yeah, One thirty. I think for you know an M3 and M4 isn't going to give you the same level of involvement. So okay. it really is a special car, and it, wow. you know half the people are like, oh, it's a Corvette. But if you can kind of look pa look past what the old Corvettes were, the mid-engine one that's out now is is great. But this Z06 really they they've done an excellent job. I've actually met more people. I've actually met more Corvette people, purists. I feel like we're overusing that word, but it's true. People who are obsessed with Corvettes who tell me that they like, they love the new Corvette. I don't know what it is about it that they're gravitated towards because it's a very different car. Purists, I think, are a dangerous word in, in the automotive world. Mm -hmm. Purists don't want an uh, liquid cool 911. They don't right. want a turbocharged BMW, and they don't want a mid-engine Corvette. And there's really, you know, there's no reason, especially if we want to keep enjoying the cars that we, we love so much, then they have to do some of the things to, to keep it up without going electric. Yeah, I mean, there's the idea. Um, last thing I'll say before we, we move on to the next segment is, th they're, they're, I think... You, your point is well taken, and I 100% agree, but then there's the, the Mustang Mach-E. So it's like, there are exceptions to the rule, I, of course. I think. But then again, you know, I've been told that car is fantastic. So well, they, We'll see, maybe next year Chevy will send me an E-Ray. So That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how you got into this, this form of, I guess, would you call it social media or, or news? And, and where did you start with that? I have a background in um, graphic design. I went to um, the School of Visual Arts in Manhattan, which is it's a prestigious art school. But no one got me there because I was the only person that liked cars. So you go to art school, you pick your own projects, and I always did car stuff. And of course, in a city that hates cars, I was kind of a, an outlier. For a long time, I worked at various ad agencies. Um, so I got uh, marketing and branding experience. I never took any photo uh, formal photography courses. Really? I just, yeah, I went on. I could always, I knew what I liked. So I just, on a whim, went to Costco one day and I bought a, you know, a kit camera for 800 bucks with a lens. And, a Rebel or Yeah, whatever. Like yeah, that, yeah. It was a Nikon. And um, I just started shooting. Like, I love landscapes, things like that. And once I figured out how the camera worked, I was like, well, I'm going to point it at a car and, and I'm going to see what I get. Uh, that was about 10 years ago. And so I've done a lot of stuff. You know, I've shopped for a Jaguar, Land Rover, BMW, uh, Ammo. Um, I do all, a lot of marketing shots, but, um, at the end of the day, if you want to shoot consistently with cars, that means magazines, um, magazines and websites don't pay, mm -hmm. they, they pay $200 to shoot. So, um, I decided I'm just going to do it myself. Um, I built the website, I designed it and I launched it. Wow. So your idea was nobody's going to do this, but me. 
Nobody's going to give me this but me. So that's a really great message, I think, to people out there who are passionate about something. Today, there's so many different ways to get involved with the things that you're passionate about. Just go out there and try it. Try it. There's what I do. There is no there's no such job. There's No one is going to let you write and shoot, um, or especially to compensate you for your time. Love what you do, but get paid for what you do by all means. And don't accept it just because it might be a dream job and, and they're offering you whatever, you know, $200 for a shoot. Your time and effort, your equipment, your gear, it's all worth more than that. So, um, you know, do one or two of those. Of course, be excited and, and get your feet wet. But beyond that, you know, just take it upon yourself to to go shoot a car and, and become involved the way you want to be involved. Is there, did you happen to find yourself on YouTube watching tutorials and, you know, how, how did you learn how to set up a website that to me, someone who's not technologically savvy, it seems a bit overwhelming. Uh, for the, for the car stuff, believe it or not, it really, it comes from, I mean, I still have stacks and stacks of old cars, cars and driver road and track, whatever, uh, in my basement. And that's, you know, you consume on top gear shows like that. It just sort of by osmosis, you, you learn, like I, I see how they're shooting the car and that's, there are reasons for getting low, um, the kind of lighting, a polarizer, all that kind of stuff. There's reasons that they do that. Uh, you learn that and then it just becomes a natural thing. Like that's just the way I shoot the car now. Um, as far as a website goes, you don't need, it doesn't have to be fancy. Go um, download WordPress, do a template, um, Shopify, anything like that. Um, you definitely don't need to learn how to code. Uh, anything like that. Just, um, I would say make a logo, make a strong brand for yourself, use a templated website. And as long as the content is good and be honest, like when you do this stuff, be honest with yourself um, and it'll come naturally. Yeah. I like that. Something that we like to say a lot um, that I think people might take the wrong way, but if, if you can kind of look past the, the, the tongue in cheek nature of it is uh steal like an artist. Yes. So, you learned from those who came before you through car and driver and but then you learned and you made it your own and now you have your own style that people are asking how do you do that so that's 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 a really great lesson again for people is to to wonder you know i i i'm not as good as that person well try to figure out what that person's doing to be that good uh, good artists think great artists steal by all means copy what people are doing learn what they're doing but then also put your own twist on it. I hope by now that if you look at one of my photos, you can probably tell who shot it. Um, there's a certain way I retouch. It all goes into it together, but it's taken years to be able to refine it. Yeah. So go out. I always tell people, just go out, grab a camera, and just start shooting. And see what you get back. You never know. I, uh, and this is, this is genuine. Uh, I don't know if you can still get access to your photography book. Can you? people still buy that? Yes. yes okay, so we have to put that... I think we actually have it here. Can you pull that out for me, Elvis? We don't mind. Um, I, I, after hanging out with your book for a little bit, uh, we brought it up to 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 show it today. It, it really does. You, I, you can you can see your style immediately. Thank you. And um, I, I, you know, it's just it's awesome. How how can let's say um, I'm an 18 year old kid who has an iPhone. Can I shoot? like you shoot or, or is there anything that I can do to, to make a good photo with my iPhone? You, when you have an iPhone, the, the problem is still the resolution. Uh, modern ones have gotten much better. Um, but the kind of shots that are in the book, I'm going to be honest with you. There are a couple of images I still have on the website 
if I ask you what I shot it with, whether like the, the Nikon I use now or the one that I started with, you probably wouldn't be able to guess. So go and grab a used camera from a website that costs you 300 bucks. Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, whatever, Facebook, you know, please do that and just practice with that. And honestly, you can keep that camera, maybe upgrade your lens, but you can work with that camera for a long time before you might feel the need to upgrade. I only work with a, a big Nikon now because some of the images I, I shoot are going to be used for big billboards or something like that, But so that you need the resolution. But beyond that, no, um, please do not buy a fancy camera. You know, you can shoot with the iPhone. It's just not going to get the, the quality that you might expect. I like to, I'm no photographer myself, but I, um, I've had some fun with it. And one thing that I, I like to tell people is uh, I think the best advice for any person getting to any form of art or doing anything they're passionate about is just create. You need, you need to go out and just do it and put it out there. Because I think you definitely need to be critical of yourself. You definitely need to look at your work and try to improve on it. But I have a huge problem with overthinking everything that I do. It's, it's something that bleeds into my, my life in a lot of different aspects. And it bleeds into anything that I do that I would so feverishly call art. The thing that I've learned in the past six months since Elvis and I, our producer, has been, we've been making content. Just create just get out there if it's photography shoot and and just edit it throw it out there try again because over six months you'll look back and say i've made improvements i've watched my stuff instead of taking a video and working on it for three weeks or a photo and and working on it working on it just try another one you'll have another idea another idea you'll get creative and you know, I, I think your your point is very well taken. Just find a cheap camera. Your parents probably have one in their basement, or go to a garage sale. You know, I, I was at I passed by a church yard sale the other day and picked up a a cont- contacts. What's that that film camera? Whatever, great little film camera, and just shoot. Have fun with it. I think that's a great way to do it as well. You're certainly not going to waste any film. You know, there's nothing to to worry about. Um, if you look through some of the pictures I've taken you might ask like, wow, where did he find that spot or, or something? I mean, I don't ask permission. I ask for forgiveness instead. So, so park the car, get out, shoot, take your 10 minutes. And if someone kicks you out, you already got your shot. I mean, as long as you're, you know, safe about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, there are tons of shots. I, I don't even, I couldn't even count. There are definitely hundreds of thousands of shots I took that didn't work. Um, but I only need one. Yeah. So please don't ever, ever be afraid and don't ever... Social media is such a can be such a downer sometimes. Oh, it's brutal. I mean, just if it only gets five likes, it it doesn't mean it's not a good photo. Right. And if it's going to get a thousand likes, it doesn't mean it's a good photo. It only you know it would matter to you. Do you like it? Did you do your best? It, you'll get there. Though. Yeah, I I will tell you that social media is brutal. I've had people <laughs> say the most ridiculous stuff yes. yeah. publicly about my hair. Um, apparently, I have a lisp. Which I just found out about, and I honestly don't even know if it's real. You were you were with you the whole what? How old are you, Mike? Uh, twenty seven years old. And I've been with me. <laughs> I, never I never knew, and so. It, <laughs> but you know what? After a while, you just start to realize, do what makes you happy, and just do it. Just have fun with it, and do it. Please, just uh, let go of your inhibitions and whatever everyone thinks. It, it honestly does not make a difference. I mean, even I get a lot of positive emails, and I get a lot of negative emails, and. 
the negative ones go right in the trash and they don't care. Yeah, Dan Cook has a really good bit about that. Yeah. People oftentimes ask me this and it's a bad question. What's your favorite car? Impossible. <laughs> right? There's a ton of analogies for why it's a bad one. Like, what's your favorite drink? What's your favorite food? It changes. Or different times, different different cars for different times. So I always like to pose this question. What would be your unlimited budget dream three-car garage? So I say daily driver, the weekend car, and the car, we call it the grail car, that you might not even drive. You would just look at it and for your purposes, take pictures of. I I think you'd have to start a, a daily as like an M5 CS, right? Because that's probably, or like a Blackwing. It's a great car. Um a special car on the weekend. You're, I want something that I can drive. I want something that I could take to the track and and you know give a good run on the back road. So I mean that Z06 probably is, is up there, um, or a, a, a GT3. It's such a generic yeah. answer, but it, it's, it's a great car. You know, it's a great car. But you can't really th- like. It sounds like in the Z06 you can throw the kids' soccer bags in the back and take them to a soccer tournament. Yes, it's much more livable. Okay, um, or in the front because it's got a front too. It's got both. Yeah. Um, the special car, the car that I've always loved, uh, I mean, I used to play it when I was little, uh, the McLaren F1 is just, I think it's, I, I like it better than the F50 or any other contemporary, like remember the Ford Indigo, like weird mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I, the F1 was, was, I mean, you sat in the middle, that's a special car. Insane. You know? Um, I was just at, uh, had the pleasure of going to Miller Motor Cars recently and saw the new Speedtail. It's not new at this point. I think it's a few years old, but similar concept, center seat. And I, I can only imagine, because now stuff is crazy like that. You, you you know, every manufacturer is making a Halo car. Right. The Valkyrie, the, you know, there's a new Bugatti now every other day with a different whatever. Can you imagine at that time when that McLaren came out? Well, I mean. Everybody's brains must have exploded. And so, so fast. Still, still. So, so fast. fast. But faster back then than anything that ever came before it i mean it was just it was a revolutionary car. and beautiful and yeah and i i, I think so I, I, maybe, maybe not beautiful is the word sexy aggressive but i, I just dope like <laughs> just so sick silver i mean even the um the gtr was it the long tail that they made yeah they the the there's a couple of them that are like the orange is very famous yes the silver like you're saying jay leno has a black one i think but there's only a few that really stick out that are yeah that is where i mean no matter what forever and ever whenever you take that car out it will be an event yeah so and i don't think you can say that about a lot of cars but that's definitely one of them yeah that that rate like that area of cars is is in there for me this changes for me a lot i saw same place miller motor cars we love them thank you miller motor cars for everything you do for us i was there and saw an eb 110 a yellow one okay it's almost like a dakar yellow eb 110 i'd never seen it before very cool a little ugly but again you're looking at these cars and, and you're you're saying, I always think about my grandfather who was an inventor, not by trade, but just passion, loved technology, died too young. What I would give to sit him in a Tesla, not that I think Tesla's the best car on the market, but to have him look at that car, hold that steering wheel with no buttons in front of it, right. and and double tap that stock and let it drive itself, I think is what a wild trip that must be for what i would pay anything to to let that happen i think about my grandfather a lot he he loved cars he got my mom to cars um but he was actually born in 1915 right and he's he's long gone but 
when I think about what he would have, I mean, can you imagine? It's only a hundred years ago, we're like hundred and ten now. But if he sat in a car today, he would think it would be a spaceship. Insane. I think that that's a crazy amount of progress, and they change so rapidly now. I mean, the eighties and nineties, if you take those two decades, like the cars changed in shape, but inside it was still. I mean, but now with all the screens and everything, it's like a spaceship. It's amazing. It's crazy. Any wild accident stories or getting pulled over stories? Um, the craziest accident. So I would actually, this is a sad story, but it has a happy ending. Um, my wife goes out for a walk every night and never think anything of it. We live in a little suburban neighborhood and one night I get a phone call. I'm just going to interrupt you. Pass that water. I'm going to fill you up. Yeah. One night I get a phone call. Um, she was lying in the middle of the road, a car hit her as she was crossing the street. Happened about, it was two years ago. Um, it's a long story. She's okay. She's had multiple operations, but I think the thing to take away from is the amount of distracted driving. Um, that you, you, I promise if you go out five minutes down the road and you just look at everyone else, you'll see their heads are just in their phone. Yep. And it's as bad as drunk driving. Um, the Performance Center with BMW, they actually do a, a course for teens. And one of the things that they focus on is they actually make you look down Right, not on your phone, but you just look down and then you, you have to look up and you have to avoid a water wall before you technically crash. And of course, no one ever gets it right. Uh, so, it's the, not possible. Right. So, those are the kinds of things that, um, you know, as a car person, getting so much damage done by a car um, is a little bit heartbreaking. Um, but I just hope that at the end of the day, you know, pay attention, please. I see so many videos posted of, People watching TV while they're smoking and while they're drinking, and then you know there's so much going on. So just turn the screens off and just driving a car is an amazing experience. You really shouldn't need to do anything else while you're doing that. That's that's crazy. I'm I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm glad that she's okay. And yeah, I'm a motorcycle driver, so I'm consistently fearful on the road. And it's made me a better driver. Um, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I don't occasionally look down at my phone and I shouldn't it's terrible but it's the phones are it's you, you can't even I mean you can't they they want they actively want you to look at every time you get a, a text message it pops up on the screens so they they of course they want you to um it also it's the amount of, of things you go through like no one seems to be, care when you're in a wheelchair um you'd be amazed how cruel the world is um especially because you can't work things like yeah. that um but it could have just been avoided if the guy had just kind of looked up and out as opposed to looking down. Crazy. First car, current car, forever car. First car was that Mitsubishi, that 3000 GT. Um, I had it four years and eventually it just broke down on the highway. Um, I used to run a 16-1 in that. It was an SL, it wasn't a turbo. I ran a 16-1 in that car, so it was slow. But I loved it. Um, favorite car? Uh, first car, current car. Current car. Forever car. Current car is the G80 M3. Uh, that car is is great. It's a great car all around. If there's the, the problem with the the modern M3 is that it's become the best three series as opposed to an M3, meaning like the E92, the E46 had special engines and interesting. Um, whereas this car has become like just the most powerful, most brutal version of a three series, uh, probably to its detriment, um, especially once the stick goes away. I think you have to mod it to make it feel really special. Um, favorite car? Forever car. Forever car that you could see yourself driving, and it could be that car, could be your first car. I think a forever car that would be reasonable 
I had an E92 for 10 years. It was the original owner. I love that thing. It was time for it to go because I had, you know, 10 years is a long time for a car with me. Um, but I think that that car in a sedan form probably, it does everything that you need and it has that excitement factor in it. Um, so I'd be happy with that car. It's still a little raw too. It is. It is. Yeah. It's, you drive it back to back with an E46, you're like, oh, wow, it is sort of soft. But it's also, that the motor is just such a special motor. Um, I think that. I've also felt that it, 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 it I, but I think modern cars kind of put this in my head. It does feel a little soft, but it's my, my dad has a, a modern M4 and that, I, I just don't see that as a, it's a totally different thing now. Like you said, you used to, an M3 was a, a businessman car. You know, if, if you liked cars and you went to work every day or even dropped it at the train, you'd have the car, give you a little something extra, but you weren't like your brain didn't melt, you know, in that car for me, like I was spinning the wheels in that M4, like there's nothing. I um I follow something on uh, Instagram called M3 List, and once in a while, so it's just M3s for sale, which is good content. But every once in a while, they will do a post of I swear it's like ten slides of just crashed G80s, G82s. Oh. There, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that there must be a hundred that are just been wrecked because it's so power, so much power in the car. Um, people aren't used to it and they don't know how to handle it. Um, so I've never seen a car like this just be thrown away so quickly. That's, what, that's how my dad got it. I mean, how many, you, even when I was here, you guys had two in the shop. Um, that one, were you here when that one was completely smashed in the quarter that I'm for? No. But okay. I, yeah. That's how my dad got his car because somebody, there you go. They smashed it. Oh, you took a picture of it. I think you no, have a picture of it. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Do you have any recommendations and any pet peeves in the car world? A pet peeve for me, um, this is so stupid, but <laughs> I, of course, you, you get into all these different press cars uh, or even people's cars and you want to use your music, your navigation right away. So I, I'm actually a fan of Apple CarPlay. Mm -hmm. So I bypass all, everybody's regular system. You just use once or twice to adjust the car and then that goes away. Um, but sometimes everyone's got a different thing of, of how they integrate it and it doesn't work and you're just sitting there for 20 minutes, like just in a parked car, stabbing at the screen for no reason and i'm just like give it up just stick with apple or android and well i'll be happy that way you can just get in the car quickly and plug your phone in and, and that's go. it drive away um a recommendation so i i would say drive your car please drive your car do not i have so many friends who who save their cars for what i don't know you're never going to get the money back that you put into it uh maybe you'll break even i don't know but even if you were to make a couple grand, it's not worth it of just having the car sit there for years and years. Enjoy it, um, love it, wash it, yeah. drive it, show it off. But you know, enjoy your time with the car because then one day you are going to look at that car and be like, "Yeah, I, I've had enough. I'm I'm bored." And then you're going to start the cycle all over again. You and want to get your smiles per mile, right? So enjoy it and enjoy the car. That's a really good one. I like that one. So, Mike, where can we find you? Um, anything exciting going on in your world? Anything that you're working on that you're excited for the people to see? Yes. Uh, Machinesofsouls.com. Reviews or stories come out every Tuesday. Uh, Fridays, I do mailbag. So please, Mike at Machineswithsouls.com. Email me if you have a question. I might pick it for a mailbag. Um, I always answer random cool stuff. Sundays, I do a feature called Talk Me Out of It. I pick a horrible, terrible, random car on for sale somewhere. Cars and bids are everywhere. and I write about it, and you have to convince me to, to not buy the car. Um, that's awesome so it could be I mean there was a Aston Martin with with hood stripes you know there's all sorts of weird things out there so um, 
Yeah, do that. Um, so that's the, on the website. That's on the website every Sunday. Um, but beyond that, yes, uh, in two weeks, I'm going to be doing a video with Larry on that Aston Martin. Mm -hmm. And for everybody who doesn't know Larry, Larry Casilla from Ammo NYC. He is our, uh, he is the physical embodiment of the OCD that we all have <laughs> in our cars. But so please continue. So you and Larry are going to be doing. Me and Larry will do, yeah, we did a video on the Aston together. He's cleaning it and I'll, I'll go over some of the things on that's unique about that car. December 10th, I'm doing a car show. Awesome. Uh, Toys for Tots. Um, if you want to come, it's in Central Jersey. The information's on the website, but please come. Donate to Toys for Tots, and you could win an ammo gift card and a copy of my book. Wow. So that'll be cool. Um, book here. Yeah, where can they find this? Uh, that's on Amazon, available. You can also find the link on my website. It's at the very top of the, the banner. If you're a car fan, this is it's – a, it's a perfect yes. coffee table Thank you. book. It's, it's – Honestly, I've looked through it several times. Um, I have a habit of when I'm talking to customers, um, if they go on and on and on, sometimes I'll grab what's around me and just whip through it while I'm talking to them. And this was on my desk for a long time, so I, I did this a lot. You, you, if you are a, somebody who wants to get into photography, car photography, you know, I hate to say this, but look at Mike's book and steal like an artist because he, he's got stuff here that you can tell he put a lot of time and effort into it. It's worth picking up. It's a great Christmas gift for people. You know, if you're a car fan, grab one of these books, give it to another car fan. Could be, you have a big stocking. You could probably <laughs> stretch it and stuff it in a stocking. Yeah. Um, awesome. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, last thing is I do, at the end of every year, I do the sole car of the year. So I pick one car that I love the most out of all of them. I've driven, if you add up all of the MSRPs of the cars that I've driven this year, it is over $3 million. Wow. So... That's awesome. What was the most expensive? Um, a Mercedes SL 63 uh, was the most expensive. Sick. And that I think the Z was probably the cheapest, but that's okay. That's great. <laughs> well, thank you, Mike. I really appreciate it. Mike, great. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks for checking in, and uh, we'll see you next time. If you own a car, you know how much it sucks to get into a car accident. But I've got something for you, and it's free. Today, we're partnering with NextBase to give away one of their incredible dash cams, and you can win it completely free. Yes, that's right. Just head over to our Instagram, at JBBodyWorks, find out all the details, how you or one of your friends could win a free dash cam. Okay, go. You're gonna go, right? You gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go over there. I do, you gotta go over there, dude.